Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. <laughs> Bonnie D. in the house. I never remember quite where we're getting our fourth guest in here. He's coming in right now, Dustin Rowan. Just join us. I never remember which direction exactly the future is when I open the show, so I'm just going to say into the future of now. Dustin, welcome. We've been waiting for you, and there you are. Appreciate it. So we have a very interesting show today. Uh, Very busy people. I'm so honored that you're all joining me. This is part two of a show we did a couple months ago, and we're talking about the future of single dads, a.k.a. divorced dads, X-Men, and we'll explain that all in a couple of minutes, won't we, Mr. Dustin Drone and Jason Blount and Ben Trushkov and Karen Gibson is here. We're going to talk about the future of single dads and technology, and we're focusing today on a very, sometimes it's a dicey topic, dating, back into the dating pool. You got your fins on, you got your flippers on. Hey, it's uh, it's an interesting ride. So that's what we're talking about today, and this should interest all of us and all of you out there all over the world. I want to say thank you to, we have almost 200,000 listeners all over the world to this series, and we were named recently to Aplandio's Top 10 Business and Tech podcast for entrepreneurs. And I'm very honored that so many of you around the world have embraced my concept for a roundtable looking at the future. But it's almost the holidays. Today is November what? November 9th, 2022. And nobody wants to be alone. Well, maybe you'll be alone with your kids or your parents, but we want somebody to love. It's getting to the end of the year and it's time for celebration. So maybe this is a really good time, I thought, to talk about dating. So let me give you my usual opening. I have a couple quotes, a couple of buzz quotes, and then we will have my three, my four very esteemed guests tell us who they are, remind us who they are. Ben is our newcomer today. So here's a quote from healthyframework.com. Listen up. Dating can be difficult enough, right? I think the answer is, uh-huh. Everybody shake their heads. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. There we go. Let alone with all the competition there seems to be in the dating world, the normal thing to do is online dating. Okay, normal is a very loosey-goosey word there. But how does online dating work when you are a single Dad, that's from healthyframework.com. I have a quote from inverse.com. I don't know what they do, but it's about single dads. If you got married pre-Tinder, how many of us got married pre-Tinder? Yes, years ago? I, I, Yeah, okay, we know what that is. And other dating apps, you might feel like you're a pager guy or gal in the world of smartphones. Remember pagers? Apps can be great for some people, but it's important to remember they are not the only way to find a partner. You can actually meet someone through friends. It's an option. Is it? I'm going to put that out on the table. Thank you, inverse.com. And one more quote, raising kids is tough enough. Add the prospect of dating to the equation and you've got quite a challenge. But regardless of your circumstances, how they arose, listen up, everybody, you deserve to date. 
I think so. Divorced dads are usually dealing with limited time with their kids so they can be feel, feeling guilty about dating. If it's if you're still talking about your former wife in not so glowing terms, it may be too soon for you to date. There we go. So we're going to ask, just wave when I call your name. Karen Gibson, hello, welcome back. Beautiful, dear, smart, aloha. Karen brought me this panel originally a couple months ago, and we just keep coming back because it's so much fun. Jason Blount is with us. Hello, Jason. Welcome back. Hey. There he is. Ben Trushkoff is new to us. Ben, so happy to meet you. Can't wait. Hi. And Dustin Drowen, the busy guy who's taking his kids to school and showing up for a live radio show. Oh, my goodness, Dustin. I know how busy you are. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. There we are. Dustin, just take a deep breath. You're here, and we're delighted to have you. And I'm going to ask them for their take on the future of single dads and technology. Back diving into the dating pool. I'm Bonnie D in the house. Happy to be here. Let's go around the table. Karen, I did the math and let me see now. I'm guessing Karen knows how this works. Uh, Dustin remembers. Jason, I'm not so sure. Ben, you're new to this. Karen's been on my show so many times on so many topics. I'm guessing there might be 5.72 people in the world who don't remember her. Karen, I hope I'm not insulting you with that great big number, but would you update those five point however many people, please? I'm worried about the 0. 0.72 actually. <laughs> would you please update them on what you've been up to? I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view. Karen, go ahead. Just give us a quick update and then we'll go around the table. It'll be Jason and then Ben. Ben, get ready. And then Dustin. Karen, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm from Mililani, Hawaii. I'm a parent coach and have talked to you know some single moms, single dads, and it is a challenge, I think, along with raising kids. I'm an author. I've published um, Mama's Gotta Let Go, which is good for dads too, without losing your sanity, as well as 100 parenting tips inspired by the pandemic. And recently, The Power to Rise Above, where it's I talk about the gift of a failed suicide attempt, touchy subject, um, international book. And I think as a mom of two adult daughters, a former, um, also divorced many, many moons ago, I know what it's like. And I'm really looking forward to um, what these single dads re-entering the dating pool have to say. It'll be an exciting show. Thank mm. you, Thank you very me. much, Karen. Thank you. Yes, we're all we're all divorced, right? All of us. I won't tell you the year in which I was divorced because it's before some of you were born. I think we're just going to leave that one alone. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Jason Blount, you're up next. Jason, welcome back. So happy to have you. I'm guessing since you haven't been on quite as many times as Karen, there might be. 9.27 people who don't remember you. Dustin, it's about the same for you. Don't be upset. So Jason, talk to those nine point whatever people and tell them what you've been up to since your last appearance. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, so uh, 25 years in the fire service where I really got a lot of my experience and uh, out of a, came out of a divorce about 10 years ago. Went through that. Uh, today, I've got a book that's in the works called The Firefighter's Way, everything I've learned about going through a crisis I learned as a firefighter. And I'm also a co-host, along with Dustin, of a podcast called The X-Men Roundtable, where it's a bunch of us uh, divorced dads talking about life post-divorce and what we've learned. Um, again, I was divorced uh, about 10 years ago. I have three kids, three adult kids, young adults. And just recently, uh, I broke up with a seven-year relationship, which was which needed to happen. So very timely podcast episode, and I won't cry. <laughs> oh, 
We'll cry with you. It's okay, Jason. There's a lot of history around this table. Very, very interesting. And by the way, I had a, a, a TV show in on Long Island for many, many years called Something to Talk About. And my regular guests a couple of times a year were the Vigilant Fire Company, who was a volunteer fire mm -hmm. group in Great Neck. And we did all kinds of shows. I had them actually bring some of their new equipment from the ambulances into mm -hmm. the studio and mm -hmm. demonstrate it. We talked about defibrillation. We talked about all kinds. Right. And it was always such an honor to have them. Uh, and I was the campaign manager for somebody who was the chief who wanted to be in the park district. And, and we got him elected. It was just a, a very, very honorable group of people who was always my privilege to know them. So I have great affection for what you do. Thank you very much and appreciation. Really? Ben Trushkov, you can't leave now. You got to stay. We're having too much fun. Ben is new. Ben, you're talking to the whole 200,000 people who listen to my show every year. So no pressure, Ben. Go ahead. We need to know exactly who you are, what you do, and why are you here? What's your passion for dating after <laughs> divorce? Ben, go ahead. Um, ben Trushkov, based in uh, Sacramento, California. Uh, I'm a loan officer, a single dad, two, two daughters. Um, after going through a divorce and separation, it was kind of that classic story of having to, or not having to, but the opportunity to find, find new parts about myself, grow, learn, um, explore new hobbies. And um, thank you for having me. Thank you for Karen to, for um, the invite. Thank you for Dustin for the recommendation. And um, yeah, that's I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, just try to try to have fun and enjoy and navigate this whole dating thing. And when Karen broached the topic, um, single dads and dating, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been at it since about 2019. And I, like you asked, like you talked about, like I got married before the age of dating apps. And when you're married, you're not really allowed to go, what's that dating app thing? What does it do? <laughs> and so then when you, when I became single, um, this was, or separated, it was 2019. And then I had a little less, about a year, and then the pandemic hit. And so I'm cutting my teeth and navigating dating apps, learning them. And then during the pandemic, it's like, that's kind of all dating was. And so I feel like that I'm kind of a uh, seasoned veteran at the whole dating app thing and all, all its ins and outs. And so really excited for today. Well, thank you very much, Ben. <laughs> Welcome to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Dustin, let's get you on. You must be exhausted. You've been busy all morning. Dustin, yeah. thank you. Thank you for agreeing to be here. I appreciate you. Dustin, go ahead. The same eight point, however many people didn't remember Karen, they probably they well, probably do remember you. Go ahead. Dustin, welcome back. Thank you. And thank you for, again for having me back on the show. And I apologize for my <clears throat> being late. Um, you know, part of being a single dad is trying to having to pivot when you have to. And anyway, glad I can make it just under the just under the wire here. But I've been uh, I was married for a really long time and got divorced in uh, 2020. Um, and we kind of jumped right into another relationship right after the divorce. So the dating app thing wasn't uh, wasn't even a thing. And nor was it something that I, like Ben was saying, had ever even considered doing. Um, but, um, you know, like Jason also, I'm also newly kind of available. So um, I have very recently jumped into that and have discovered a lot of things about myself and, and um, what's out there and that kind of a thing. But... Um, also with Jason, like he said, we are both part of the X-Men Roundtable. Uh, we do a weekly podcast there. 
And uh, we are a brotherhood of five gentlemen who have also, you know, kind of gone through run run the paces of divorce and seen, uh, you know, the benefits of it. And also like to discuss the challenges and, and how we've all kind of come out of that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's been great. I'm, a, I'm also a realtor here in Sacramento. Um, I know Ben uh, through work and, um, you know, I've known Karen and, and Jason for a minute here too. So uh, it's great to be here. Thank you again for having me. Thank you very much. I have to tell you all, one of the things I did with my singlehood many years after the divorce was I started doing stand-up comedy in New York. And I debuted at, um, what was the name? Caroline's, the big comedy club, where I, I took comedy instruction for three weeks from Steve Rosenfeld's American Comedy Institute. And I decided to make my, my three-minute debut about being single again, even though I had been for many years. And I had a corsage on and I got on stage. I was scared out of my mind. And we had to have our our friends, our family actually come and pay real tickets. And we filled the place, but there were 10 of us and it was filled with a couple of hundred people. And I got on stage and I won't use a word that I used. It wasn't a bad word, it's just a very descriptive word. And I said, this is the 21st anniversary of my divorce. Join me in celebrating. I'm a born again. <laughs> And, and my routine became about being divorced for so many years. And it was such a way to let off steam and be real about it. And people came up to me after my little thing on stage and they said, we've never heard anybody talk about about how many years they've been divorced and, and celebrate being single and back in the pool. It was just an interesting revelation relating to people and getting people to relate to me. And that's what we're trying to do now is come out of that dark place, single down. Oh my God. You know, you're out there, you're people, you're doing things, you have professions, you've got families, and there are things called technology and apps that may or may not help. I've been through the dating app wars too. Trust me, uh, very, very interesting experiences. The trick is when you're done with a particular app to delete your profile so that people don't, right, Jason? People don't think you're still there or people you're dating don't continue to see you being updated on the app. That's a problem. Anyway, let's go around the, t yes, Ben knows what I'm talking about. I've asked all of you to send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character or song lyric that has nothing to do with our topic and you're gonna tell me what you think it does. So Karen Gibson has sent us a quote from, oh, this is so beautiful. How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I, don't, I really want to know. Pop song ballad, The Bee Gees, 1977, released as a single. There's that word. In September 1977, it was a in the soundtrack for the film, Saturday Night Fever. Woo! And I taught disco dancing after that, too. Uh, it topped the, the Billboard Hot 100 in 1977. Um, it, it was one of, with Staying Alive and Night Fever, one of the group's three tracks on the list of the Rolling Stones' 500 greatest songs of all time. I think it deserves there. And Barry Gibb said this was his favorite BG song. So here's the song. I believe in you. You know the door to my very soul. You're the light in my deepest, darkest hour. Karen, we need to find a light at the end of the tunnel on this one. <laughs> Let's turn it into a happy quote. Go ahead, Karen Gibson. Well, I've always loved this song. I think it symbolizes the desire that all of us have to be loved deeply. I think a lot of us, um, it's normal to have insecurities. We question the loyalty, question whether the relationship is genuine. Will it last? And so I think that the light is that um, I think no matter what struggles that you have, 
you know, in a relationship with yourself, there is always, I think, optimism and hope because we need to have that relationship with ourselves, learn to live ourselves deeply, because if that's missing, then it's hard to, you know, have a, I think, a successful um, relationship. But I just love that song. And I think we all question, you know, am I loved deeply? So I think that's Thank you. Question. It's actually very beautiful. And Saturday Night Fever was life changing for me because I started teaching disco after that with somebody I met. I don't know whether I met him on an app. I don't think we had apps back in. I'm sorry. Whoops. What did I just do? Uh, and we became a, a, a dance teaching team and we dated and we started a, a class called You Should Be Dancing. You Should Be Dancing from Saturday Night Fever. And the hard to believe we were teaching in a high school cafeteria somewhere near Eugene, Oregon. I don't even remember where. All I know is it was a damn long ride from my house. And I was told I had to teach dancing on top of a Formica tabletop. Dustin, I was dancing in high heels on a Formica. Don't even. OSHA, I don't even know if they existed. I was getting paid $3.75 an hour. My partner who booked the class was getting paid something like $7 an hour. It was an adult ed class. Two, let me see. 175 people showed up for the first class. 175 people wanted to learn line dancing from us. And we were demonstrating. And our relationship was a battlefield at that point. And we were making nasty remarks to each other on this makeshift stage on top of these Formica tables. So after this harrowing experience, I went to the organizers and I said, I either want my own class or you got to pay me what you're paying him, like $7 an hour. And they said, lady, that's not how it works. He booked the class. You're the assistant. You get the 375. You want to start your own class? That's a whole other thing. And I said, well, get a piece of plywood and put it on the table because I'm not falling off a table in front of 175 people. I'll tell you, after 10 weeks, we were still battling. The class was great. We still had almost 150 people in that class, 10 mm -hmm. weeks of line dancing. And then he wrote a book called You Should Be Dancing. And he stole all of my original line dances and he published the book and thanked me. It was, I know, <laughs> oh, dating is so much fun. Let's move on. Jason Blout, I'm looking at too many stories for mama, right, Karen? Uh, Jason Blout, this is such an interesting segue, Jason. You picked a mm -hmm. quote that piggybacks on what Karen was just talking about. And I know you two didn't get together to pick the quotes. The song is from Love Myself by Andy Grammer, G-R-A-M-M-E-R. His album is Love Myself 2021. He's a kid. He was born in 83, American singer-songwriter, record producer. And one of his songs, not this one, went triple platinum, one of the best-selling 10 songs in 2015. And he was writing songs at the age of 15. And as a kid, he played trumpet, guitar, and piano. Here's the line. Everybody listen up. I want to be someone who's not swayed by opinions. Be me authentically without the apologies and want my heart to soar without being insecure. Oh, Jason, this is lovely. Talk to me. How'd you find this? Uh, I, I had a friend that, that did a uh, TikTok video on it and uh, hadn't heard the song before. I love Andy Grammer. And I listened to that song and it became uh, my anthem, uh, working through a relationship that was failing because I'd lost myself. And going out into dating, even though I thought I'd done a lot of work, there was more work to be done going through the second relationship. And it really, I think it's so easy for us coming out of a relationship to kind of look at the field, whatever that might be, and go, okay, here's my chance to go play, to get mine, to have fun, but or, or to focus on how am I going to please, how am I going to fit in 
but really what I what I'm really digesting, really taking home is that's gonna do me no good if I'm not really authentic. I've got to be at that place where I'm so authentic, either I attract or I repel somebody in a loving way. But be real and be honest. And so this song is is very uh it's very uplifting, it's very fun. And and to say those lines out loud at first is very hard to kind of get the words to come out of my my system. And and so that's been my anthem right now. And I think it's just it's a beautiful song, really amp- amplifies um to be authentic and to be true to ourselves before we go out and and really dating. Unless if we want to look for a relationship or be real going forward, we have to be real with ourselves as opposed to playing a part or trying to please people. Very interesting, trying to please people. Be who you are, figure it out. If you don't like who you are, please yourself first, right? I remember back in the day, we were putting dating ads in New York Magazine, where it was printed in the magazine, and you paid to have it published, and you met people that way. And I went on a date, dinner date in Manhattan. I was living on Long Island, New York, and I met a guy, and we went to dinner and walked around the city, and he looked at me after about an hour or so, and he said to me, you know, I don't think you're really very smart at all. <laughs> and I said, thank you very much. And I got back on the train and I went home. <laughs> I didn't think anything less of myself, but I thought, God, that guy's got a pair. Anyway, it was so strange. We were having a nice conversation. He said, I don't think you're smart. And I I, I, I don't know what. Anyway, very, very interesting. Um, Karen, you probably run into this when men meet a, a woman with, in, many men meet a woman with intelligence or ha, who has done accomplished things like you and I have in our careers and in our lives. They're, they're either threatened or they're annoyed and, and they want to knock you down. And I've heard that many, many times. So let's just leave that one on the table. I'm not asking Jason and Dustin and Ben to come in on that, please. That was just a sidebar. Ignore me. Okay, Ben, let's look at your quote. This is by, oh, Tyler Darden, played by Brad Pitt in Fight Club, 1999 American film. Uh, Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, Helena Barnum, Hart Carter, I'm not sure ever how to pronounce it, Helena or Helena, based on the 1996 novel by Chuck Palahniuk. And uh, Norton played the unnamed narrator, narrator who's discontented with his white collar job. He forms a fight club with soap salesman Tyler Durden, Darden and becomes embroiled in a relationship with the destitute woman, Marla Singer. And uh, let's see now. Here is the quote. I will not use the bad word. There's an F-bomb in the quote, Ben. How could you? But it's okay. I'll just get to that. And I'll just lip sync it. Okay. You're not your job. I, I watched the clip. You're not your job. You're not how much money you have in the bank. You're not the car you drive. You're not the contents of your wallet. You're not your effing khakis. Okay. I don't do a really good Brad Pitt impersonation. Ben, help me out here. Dustin likes that. Ben, how'd you find this? And what does it have to do with our topic? I came across that movie just for recommendation, and it's the movie is a social commentary. It's a commentary about manhood, and that particular part resonated with me because it's a it's it speaks to materialism. And coming from a Christian background, we're supposed to be meek and humble in these things, and I think it's one of the least um sought after virtues um not not just in christianity but just in people and we do put a lot of value in things like our jobs uh, a lot of our identity and things like our bank accounts and the things that we wear and the removal of that is is the start of it's the start of growth it's the start of 
like taking out those things in our lives that that don't serve that don't have value and and when we identify with those things i think we move down this path of and I, I guess i don't have a definition of what that path is but it's just a path that i've never wanted to go down and so i'm not like opposed to money i'm not opposed to having a successful career and even just you know i want to look nice and dress well but those things don't make who i am and so that's always kind of resonated with me appreciate that there's a commercial on tv where the guy goes on a date and his undershirt is all stretched out and they're saying where's the shape and the form you know you're not using the right detergent and he's obviously a single guy and they're making making fun of him in the commercials like well you know this isn't the way you're supposed to look all wrinkly and stretched out is that who you want to be and he took her to a really nice restaurant he's sitting there and then they redress him in this wonderful muscle shirt or whatever and he looks Apropos, Ben thinking, I will never forget that quote. Thank you very much, Ben. You've changed my life. Anyway, and the shirt commercial. Dustin, this, I really want to know what this has to do with it because this is a fabulous quote. It's from when the rock band Blue Oyster Cult records Don't Fear the Reaper, producer Bruce Dickinson. And this was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. If you haven't seen it, it's iconic. It's classical. It's wonderful. It will never stop being funny. Uh, Dickinson was played by Christopher Walken. Is there anybody better than Christopher Walken? He insists that Gene Frankel, played by Will Ferrell, Pharrell, however you want to call him, plays more cowbell. The band was Chris Kattan, Chris Parnell, Horatio Sands, and Jimmy Fallon on drums. This was season 25 2000 and it's become a pop culture icon everywhere the quote there's two versions there's so many versions of this quote dustin but the first time i saw it on the clip it was i could have used a little more cowbell and then he comes back in christopher walken as dickinson he says i've gotta have more cowbell and we all know what will ferrell's character does so dustin what does this have to do with single men dating talk to me well, it's, first of all, I, I picked that quote because it was kind of out there. Um, but mostly, when it, the, the thing that has to do with this with, with the topic is that we tend to take ourselves very seriously sometimes, and I think this quote was a reminder to laugh at things and to kind of loosen up a little bit. And if you've seen that sketch on on Saturday Night Live, you see Will Ferrell go off and act like a total, you know, goofball. When he's hitting the cowbell thing and he he takes it to another level that makes the entire cast in that sketch lose their lose their track and then everyone starts cracking up and so the point is there that it's okay to be it's okay to let go it's okay to you know have a little bit of fun um and then <clears throat> you know just the the awareness of being a little bit you know goofy sometimes and and you know, find time and make room for laughter and joy. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I felt when I saw the quote. I'm like, I just, I remember seeing it. I mean, it's a 20 year old sketch and I still laugh whenever I see it because it's just, you know, it, it's comical. And so, and, and online dating is sometimes comical too. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously we all have stories to tell and different, um, different experiences, but, I think if you can find the humor in it and and the lightness of it um, and be a little bit easier on yourself about it, it makes it a little bit more palatable. And I think it also makes it more so that you're, um, you know, you're in the right frame of mind to meet somebody else that's on the same vibe as you. 
I love it. That could become a buzz phrase, Dustin. You go on a date and you leave feedback for the person. You say, I could have used more cowbell <laughs> to the other person. You could have used. <laughs> wow. You know what? Maybe we need to start a hashtag on some of the social sites after a date. Did you need more? Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I'm not thrilled about the first part of that line. But anyway, very interesting. Thank you all for the quotes. Very, very interesting. Ben, now you know how this works. I've already put a prediction in the chat privately for Karen and one for Jason, and I'll put one in for Ben and Dustin in a minute. So let's get started. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read Karen's. This is actually her prediction number two. I'm going to read it, a little bit of it, not the whole thing, because it's long and I appreciate that. And if anybody has a comment, Karen, take three minutes to unpack it. If anybody has a comment about it, just wiggle one of your nice fingers at me. That's finger one, two, four, or five. Just wiggle and I will see you. And if not, just yell at me. Hey, Bonnie, I want to say something. So Karen says, online dating coach. She said, an online dating coach can help identify the core messages and beliefs that can cause single dads to feel less confident or more anxious about returning to the dating game while healing from divorce. And Karen, healing is a big theme in her in her work and in her life. So Karen, take three minutes, unpack this. Let's see if anybody wants to come and go ahead. Well, actually, I've um, heard a lot of single men hiring dating coaches. I can't believe that some of them pay 5000 a month. And wait a minute, is any, anybody here subscribed? My, my checkbook doesn't run that that way. Okay, 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 go ahead, Karen. You shocked me. Go ahead. It was shocking to me as well, but then I realized you know, we all have either online therapists nowadays or just some online resource that we use, and I thought, you know, it would probably help a lot to have someone who's an expert in relationships and really learn more about yourself, right? As a single dad, I can't imagine trying to um, balance being a dad, right? And then finding out like, do I introduce, when do I introduce my kids? And I'm sure a lot of, of the panelists here can share, like, when do you, all of these questions. So when they start learning, you know, the root of anxieties, the root of like, I'm really a strong believer in inner child healing, like what is going on with them and working with an online dating coach can help, you know, like reframe their beliefs and benefit on how to confront, you know, different challenges, uh, mixed emotions or even conflicts that they probably have with their ex that could make dating again feel, you know, impossible. But if you feel like you have like a support team, you're not doing it alone. And I'd be interested in knowing what you know, the panelists say or feel about hiring someone because they might have, you know, therapists, but an online dating coach, I'm sure offers a different perspective. Interesting. Anybody want to comment? Jason, you went, hmm, any, anything yeah. you want to add to that? Go ahead. Yeah, real quickly. I've, I've had a coach for the last couple of years and wasn't necessarily dating coach. I understand there is that specificity in coaching, but I think what really is needed is somebody that kind of goes underneath the hood of one's thinking to find out why we're attracted to certain people or how to navigate or even help us sort through questions we don't know to ask ourselves. And my coach did that for me. Um, and that's what I, I don't think I mentioned in my bio, but I'm a coach myself, a transformational coach. And I work for people through business, uh, dating, uh, different things are coming coming out of or going through. And I think at the heart of it, whether what kind of your kind of coach, it's really somebody that's gonna ask some key questions of you on on what you're going through, whatever that dating or how you're processing things, to, to challenge your thinking, to provoke you to think as you're going through something so you're not just led by emotions or 
uh, fear-based or trying to please somebody, somebody there to hold you accountability, not necessarily go back in the past and do therapy and not somebody that's going to consult and tell you what to do, a little bit of that, but really somebody that's going to be able to provoke you to think and as you're going forward to achieve the goals you want, whatever that might be. But it was very beneficial for me. I was just texting before we got on to thank her because um, she sent me a reference for a podcast on on narcissism. It's like, thank you again. Just so, so good. Interesting. Very, anybody else, any experience with Dustin? You look like you want to say something. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it is, it's an interesting, um, scenario that we all find ourselves in with, with, um, with dating and, and, you know, read it like, like you were saying, uh, coaching is, there's a niche for everything. And, you know, for dating coaching, I, one of my friends actually at my office, uh, her daughter is a, is a relationship coach and a, a dating coach and has um, a lot of interesting kind of theories about what some different kind of strategies that, that men can take uh, to kind of accelerate um, uh, their, their, their success in the dating thing. And I think the, the thing too to remember is that I think the goal in dating um, isn't to stay in dating is to get out of dating. So you're trying not to like, Yes, five thousand dollars a month, but you're trying to maybe get in and get out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't want to spend sixty grand a year on that. If that's, you know what I mean? Just like mm -hmm. jump in, figure it out, and then and get away from that the whole situation. So, um, but yeah, and she charges a lot of money, and these these men they can. I, I think there's a there's a desperation maybe that comes in when you decide, yeah, this is what I need. I need to pay someone, you know, $6,000 to help me find my, my next person. Um, so I don't know. I, for me, it, it wouldn't obviously be something I'd be interested in necessarily trying. I think if I would, would have won that $2 billion jackpot, I might've been interested, but I think if I won on that, I think I probably wouldn't need a dating app too. So let's see. Oh, you would defend them <laughs> off. You would have need a protection team. Yes. Yeah, ben, so. ben, thank you, Dustin. Ben, anything you want to add to this? You don't have to, but go ahead. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> like getting things like a dating coach. Um, my experience in, in dating and kind of what, what I'm hearing is, is people enter the dating space and they're not, they're not healthy. They're not whole. They're like, they're broken. They're coming off of one of the most difficult things that they experience. Like I've heard it said that, um, when you get out of a relationship or a breakup, it is the same type of grief that you experience from death. Yes, and to go into that, it's like, I, I appreciate people who like get a dating coach or the fact that, that that's an occupation or a side hustle, but I think it's really important. And, and, and my, and my experiences with dating women on the other, like, I'd like to find out like, Hey, do you feel like you're a healthy person? And so I think like, I think like, and I, and I ask that of, of people I date, like, do you think you're healthy enough to be dating right now? And, and I think something like getting a coach, I think like for some people, and I can't speak to this $5,000 a month person, you know, God bless them. But, um, you know, I, I would venture to guess, like, if you need to leverage that, or you need that, like there might be a different underlying issue. And so my, that's kind of my thoughts on that. It's like, I think if you're a healthy person, if you're whole, you're complete, then it, then it, 
I'm not sure, you know, a coach is necessarily, or at least a dating coach. And that's the question is the journey from divorce, the heartache, the breakup, the, the death of the relationship that you started thinking it would last a lifetime till death do us part. And it didn't for some mm -hmm. reason. There is a mourning period, a grieving period, and then a hopefully a healing period. It dawns on me, Karen and everybody, that we're, uh, the theme is supposed to be technology and dating back into the pool. And we're talking about the people side, the people side mm -hmm. of who, who the, the divorced single dads and moms are and getting a coach who is a human. We haven't talked about a bot coach yet, have we? We haven't talked about hiring an AI coach. I don't know how effective that would be. I'm appreciating this, but I have a question for all of you before we move on. And Jason, I have your uh, one of your predictions teed up there in the chat for a second, in a second. Mm -hmm. uh, the question is, is anybody using social media, traditional, and that's a hard word, normal, traditional, every day, we're talking Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, oh, uh, Facebook, Meta, anything, to meet people rather, other than a dating app, which is like Our Time or Tinder or any of the apps that are specifically for dating. Is anybody meeting people whether on purpose or just by happenstance through people you connect with on your social media, through your business, through your hobbies. Anybody, any, any comments? I'm just asking the question. Yeah, real briefly. I mean, I'm, I'm a, there's a couple of social groups I'm involved in. Okay. And there's interaction. Some of it's pretty much sharing of information. Um, I put a, I put a, oddly enough, I put a, uh, um, a Facebook post out recently and, uh, just espousing some ideas, nothing earth shattering, just a, um, something I learned from going to the gym and paralleling it to practices and carrying it out in life. And somebody that I've known for several years DM me, she wants to get together for coffee. She really enjoyed, so I don't hear men talk that way. And uh -huh. I had a feeling that that question would spark something. Yes. Yeah, so, so where you didn't expect, right? You weren't looking for yeah. a date. Yeah. And those, those are nice. I personally am not really fond of dating apps. I didn't really enjoy the experience when I looked at it a couple years ago. But I think being involved in groups for a, for a social benefit, for information exchange, for like uh, I'm part of a, a weightlifting social group. So there's and and talk about different types of lifts and the purpose we do things and how we eat. And you come across people and you come across some commonalities that way. It would not be unlike going to a dance class where you meet somebody. Yeah, I like yeah. dancing too. It is another format to be able to do that. Yes. Thank you very much. Anybody else using regular social or not using it, but meeting people? Dustin, thoughts? Nope. Okay. He's not going to talk about that. Ben, nothing. Karen, anything you want to say about that fast? Um, I've had friends who've met friends through Facebook. So I think it could be a possibility. Okay. Ben, comments? You know, I, I, I wish I wish I had more traffic on my social media, like the term <laughs> sliding into the DMs is a thing. And I just I just don't know how it works. Like sometimes I like I see people, you know, get responses and I just go, how is this happening? Because it doesn't really happen for me. And so I would like it to happen more. So Okay. A, a DM we need a DM coach for Ben. DM coach. Jason, just add that to your resume. Thank you very much. Jason, I'm going on to you. This is interesting. Prediction number two, convenience. Oh, my. Don't make me a convenience. I want to be special. Single fathers often face how to be connected and active in areas and interests that were previously held by their spouse. 
The funnel for communications with schools, doctors, sports groups, parent groups is through social media groups and apps. Single dads will continue to find resources regarding their children, but also their dating lives with travel, event planning, shopping, and gift giving. So talk to me about things that you're spouse used to do. And I'll tell you briefly that I broke up with somebody. I was, I was a dancer and a dance teacher for years and uh, disco and, and social dancing. I taught for many, many years. And I broke up with a guy who we had danced together at many nightclubs on Long Island at many social clubs. And I had to go to him and say, we have to make a breakup agreement on which clubs you can go to and which clubs I can go to, because the last thing I want is to walk in and see you there on the dance floor, you know, schmoozing with your next next sweetheart right in front of me. I need space. So we made an agreement that he couldn't go to certain clubs on certain nights and I couldn't go to other clubs on certain nights so that we and who, you know, you hear about Karen, you hear about divorces divided, who gets the dog and who gets the cat, and who gets the kids. I should have put kids first. Sorry about that. Everybody didn't mean to offend you, but uh, the point is, who gets the clubs? Who, who who gets to go to the sports games? You you want some singleness? You want some privacy? You want some aloneness without the specter of what used to be? And be, oh, there's oh, are they talking to it? You don't want people chatting about that anyway. So, Jason, that was your prediction. Uh, talk to me. Find yeah, I, places. Go ahead. I think I was reminded of this yet again. I was talking to a client who's a recent single dad. He's been on the dating scene for a while. There's no excuse for us not to be connected. There's just absolutely the only excuse is going to be the one we create because we got Google to find anything we want. We've got apps for anything we can we want to do for any kind of any type of connection or convenience. So using that to leverage it as a single dad, when things are collapsing and you're trying to gain ground on maintaining your reality, your sense of fatherhood, your sense of connection, not only to the kids, but their interest groups that were previously maybe held by the spouse, there's apps to be connected to the school for information. There's apps to be connected to their doctors for access to information there and connection to those doctors be plugged in um, and, and really kind of maintain, not necessarily compete, I don't mean to infer that, but to maintain a good sense of connection with not only the kids, but what's going on in their lives, because that frees us up as dads to to be more, and if we're if we're wanting to date, it feels good as fathers, I, I bet all of us guys and, and women too, for, for that side that's listening, to be connected with the things that are important to us, and that being our kids, number one. It could be also be our pets, if that's important to us, be connected with the vet, and there's also so much convenience on we can do shopping online to save time if we're busy on our schedules, uh, schedule gift giving, plug it into our calendar. We really can automate our lives to the purpose of reducing some stress and most importantly, stay connected to those the areas of our lives that we're so concerned about post-divorce and, and trying to take care of our own needs, our wants and dating and really take care of those things that are our responsibilities and our first loves, our kids. Thank you very much. Anybody comments or can we move on? Everybody good? Okay, I'm going to move on then. Ben, I'm looking at combining prediction one and two because I like them both. And I think there's a segue here. So Ben says, person-to-person -person interactions are becoming the norm. Meeting people online or dating apps has become the standard, but it isn't great and something has to change. And then he adds, in response to an unhappy customer base, dating app platforms are going to see changes in the coming years. Oh, Ben, tell us how they're going to change. We're all waiting. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you have in mind? This is a good thing. Go ahead. I, 
I actually don't know how they're going to change. And I think Dust. I think I saw in one of Dustin's predictions that some like great ideas. And like Dustin, get get make the app for that. You'll be the billionaire, man. But um, what I'm finding and or <laughs> what I've seen in the dating app experience is so many people just are are, are sick of them. And my my kind of theory around why dating apps are aren't great is because it's it's there's so much anonymity there that what i what i'm hearing from women i've dated or interact with or talked to is that men are just kind of gross men are kind of toxic they're able to do there's that they're able to send things they're able to say things like one of my one one woman i was talking to she was like one man just started berating her with profanity and all that all this kind of nonsense um there's always the unsolicited am i allowed to curse on here Within reason, if it's an F bomb, just say F and leave it at that. Okay. If there's, as you could do with that, okay, go okay. ahead. There's there's the there's the famous or infamous unsolicited dick pic, and and men have this like curtain where they're able to be gross and just kind of, ugh. but like if that were happening, say at a party, um, not a unsolicited, but we would we would leave. We'd be like see a guy if somebody was spouting off racist rhetoric or whatever. Yes. And so what happens is that's what's happening in the dating space and people who thrive in that and people who enjoy that, it gives them that dopamine kick. What it does is it attracts that and then it pushes out quality people. And so now you're left with people who are frustrated, irritated, all of these negative feelings. And so as we've kind of been locked in via COVID and now that we're breaking out of that and and so I think dating apps have to do something to change, something to make them more accessible to people or just or, or to bring back that a, a quality customer base because it's just leaving the pool. Like somebody used the expression, who peed in the dating pool? And I'm like, that's hilarious because sometimes <laughs> it's just so difficult to find quality people on there. And, and so that's why I think that dating apps, like when they first came out, it was almost like being beta tested on society. And now society is getting to the point where they're like, this isn't great. And we're not loving it. We're not enjoying our experience on there. But a lot of us feel it's a necessary evil. And until somebody comes along with a new novel idea and 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 until it gets innovated, um, and so technology does that. Capitalism does that. And so I don't necessarily have the answers on what what is the perfect dating app or what does that look like? Um, but that's just kind of what what I I think that's, there's some laws of nature there where um, <laughs> we're just going to get fed up with them or we are. You have to learn where the block button is. When somebody <laughs> does that, I've learned the block. I, I used to have yeah. a dating profile picture with a beautiful pair of sunglasses. I think I had a little rhinestone heart on them. And somebody attacked me on one of the sites, ver- you know, in, in messages, direct messages said, are you afraid? What's the matter? Are you afraid to show your eyes? What's your problem? What are you hiding? Who do you think you are? I mean, just nasty attacking. Well, the first thing you learn on a dating app is you learn where the block this person button is. So you don't have to have that vitriol and incorporate it into who you are and say, oh, what's wrong? Oh, did I do the wrong? Oh, well, I thought they were cute sunglasses. And why'd I do it? And did I, do I really want to meet? Stop that nonsense. Don't waste time on that person. Dustin, you, do, you agree? Find the, the block button? Yep. I think it's yep. the most important button on a dating site is the block button. Also know how to 
and your and your uh, renewal if you really don't want to. And some sites you cannot get off of. There were sites I've tried and I could not delete my profile for years. They did not allow. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you all later who that was. I want to move on to Dustin. We're looking at the clock here. We've only got eight minutes left. My how time flies. Dustin, I want to go to your prediction number one. And th- thank you for that, Ben. Very, very good points. Dustin says, as online dating platforms continue to improve and evolve, we're hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping, and become more intuitive. Yes, we are. Single fathers will be able to create databases of potential partners, and artificially intelligent matchmakers will help to streamline the dating process. Wow, Dustin, talk to me. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, segueing out of Ben's comments, yes, things have to change. And I agree that the the dating the people that are in dating apps are a injured um and and trying to figure things out and and everything that ben has said in this in this episode has been fantastic and thank you so much ben for your insight um yeah i believe that things do have to change they have to get better or people are are going to start turning away from these kinds of platforms um i think the interview process will should get should improve um you know, depending on the ser- seriousness of how, you know, what, what is it you're looking for? If you're jumping into this app, uh, the da- online dating thing, um, there has to be some intention about what it is that you're looking for. And I think with that intention comes an understanding of who you are and what it is that you're looking for and being able to kind of um, be more congruent with somebody else that's out there um, that has similar interests and needs and those kinds of things. And I think that really comes from, is going to have to come from a more, uh, a a more in-depth vetting process, which I believe could be created if you, if men and or women, uh, you know, kind of put in their, their database, um, their search parameters, their, um, you know, what they'll stand for, what they won't stand for. And it'll help kind of make it a little bit easier to find the people that are looking for you. Um, and you know, it's kind of like in, in real estate, we have this thing, you know, you put them on a home search and you ask your clients, well, what is it in the house that you're looking for? And you, you put in all these little criteria and it's a lot like online dating because, you know, you, you find out all these candidates that could work, but they're not quite the right thing, but you're trying to hone in on and zero in on that particular, that unicorn, right? That unicorn house. And I think dating online dating is the Mm -hmm. same kind of situation. I think that's where the impetus of me saying, making that prediction actually stemmed from my work and how I find things. Um, and I'm like, well, why wouldn't we use that for, you know, that in, in a dating per- in trying to find a person too. Um, so yeah. And then going back to Karen's thing, like I was saying before about, oh gosh, about, um, uh, you know, getting in and getting out of the dating thing. Like you do want to get in and get out as quickly as you can. You don't want to linger in it and stay in that kind of wallowing area where everybody's miserable all the time. You know, you're looking for, (laughs) you know, your happiness and your joy and, and, and uh, to be able to move on really, I think, you know, that is the end goal in, in dating, I think, isn't it? I mean, we're not trying to stay in dating to stay in dating. We want to get in and find the next the next best thing and and discover the next best version of ourselves too through that so Dustin it's like starting a company serial entrepreneurs they always have an exit strategy when are you going to sell when are you going to get out you don't want to stay in but what's interesting to me is that we all want 
kindness. We want laughter. We want somebody who cares. But we all sound like we all want the same thing. And then when you differentiate, that's when you start weeding out the people who are attracted to what your profile says. And if you get too much in the weeds um, specifically, then people don't get it. And I remember back in the day, somebody told, a woman told me she had a shoebox and she took the profiles, printed out of the guys and put them in the shoebox. And every six months she'd go through and say, well, who haven't I heard from? But I think one of the interesting things you're talking about getting out is I remember going back on a couple of years ago and seeing the same people I had seen five to 10 years before on the same app. And I'd say, don't I know you? Or they'd, they'd contact me and I'd say, I remember you. Yeah. And the question is, should you not say that? <laughs> because it means, dang, are you still here in this murky pool trying to find somebody? What's wrong with you, Mr. Damaged Goods? Well, I'm here too. So <laughs> I, the temptation, so somebody pinged me a couple of years ago and I, I said, wait a minute, I'm looking at your profile and your picture. You look familiar. Yeah, I dated you five years ago and it didn't work out. Sorry. And I blocked him because he was still the same A blank, 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 H-O-L-E. I put too many blanks in there. We are just about out of time. I'm getting notices here from Andrew, our trustworthy engineer at Voice America that we have three minutes left. So I want to go around the table and ask you if anybody wants to be contacted. <laughs> do you have a website? I don't usually do that. Do you have a website where you want people to find you or any email real fast. If not, just say hello and goodbye. Karen, anything you want people to know real fast, like 10 seconds? Yes. Letting go with Aloha.com. I have an online course called Breaking the Cycle of Anxious Parenting. And I thought, you know what? It could be Breaking the Cycle of Anxious Dating because it's all about transforming fear and learning about you know how to trust your journey. I like that. Thank you very much. Jason, anything you want people to know real fast? Beat, beat. Yeah, the the the, the uh, web page is in the works. The book is in the works, but you can reach me at jasonbcoach at gmail.com. Thank you, Jason, the letter B coach. Thank you very much. Ben, where can people find you if you want to be found? You don't have to be. Um, yeah, people are welcome to uh, slide into my DMs. No, um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, benjamin.trushkov at gmail. Um, very Googleable. T-R-U-S-H-K-O-V, Benjamin Trushkov. Okay, Dustin Drone, where do you want people to find you? Well, I'm honestly on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We have the X-Men Roundtable podcast, if you guys want to check that out. That can be found on um, Apple Podcasts. It can be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, and my email is drundustin at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. D-R-O-E-N, Dustin, at Gmail. Thank you very much. I want to say thank you to Andrew, our very friendly engineer of Voice America. And go, don't go away because I want to take pictures and talk to all of you. I have an invitation for the X-Men, and it's E-X-M-E-N, not X-Men. Uh, thank you to Karen, as always, lovely and beautiful. Jason, delighted to have you back. Ben, you're a treasure. We're delighted to have you. Got to come back, Dustin, as always. Okay, everybody, get ready. You're going to, on the count of three, you're going to join me with saying no, no, no. You've done this before. Ben, you're new. So people tell us that the future is already here and we're saying one two three no no no, no. no. <laughs> that was pretty good actually why because the future didn't happen yet and we're gonna do our best to make it a better one bonnie d signing off thank you for joining us for technology revolution the future of now Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh